It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And I am happy to say, Jamie, it is now time to talk about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Jim, I'm guessing that's going to be <laughs> ski season, isn't it? <laughs> As a matter of fact, it is. As a matter of fact, it is, Jamie. It is about that time. Uh, I've been thinking about ski season now for a bit, but maybe those slightly less ski obsessed than I are just now starting to turn that corner. We're almost there, man. I feel like I should pop some confetti for you or like a bottle of champagne <laughs> to get back. But of, of course, it's going to be a little bit of an unusual ski season, though, isn't it? A little bit different. It's going to have a little bit of a different look and feel. You know, we're still going to be able to get out on the slopes and, you know, enjoy the Oregon winter in a way that I really love. But you're right. Things are going to be a little bit different. And here today to run through some of the specifics with us about how it's going to be different at at least one Oregon ski resort is Dave Tragathon from Mount Hood Meadows. Dave, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome uh, and uh, really looking forward to having a great season up on the mountain, getting outdoors and recreating again. That's, that's at the top of my list. Yeah, Dave, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room or the elephant on the slopes, as it were, <laughs> is the, um, that's a really fun image that just came through my head, uh, is uh, the coronavirus, of course. The pandemic is ongoing. Um, we expect it to through the winter, through the spring, through the ski season. So, you know, I know a lot of things are, are sort of upended by that, but in, in general at Meadows, what is the COVID-19 plan that you all have put in place this season? You know, we're, we're fortunate that since we suspended our operations last March, uh, we have been focused entirely on reopening safely for this ski season. So we, we've, we've integrated, uh, all kinds of plans into every single departmental operation. Uh, we put together a task force and the first thing we did was try to understand this virus and how it's transmitted. And we're very fortunate that we've seen 
the uh, ski areas have summer operations and the southern hemisphere have winter operations. And through the National Ski Areas Association and ski area management and other industry resources, we've been able to glean from that a lot of really good information about how we can operate a ski area safely um, and uh, with a, with a uh, responsible um, uh, process of keeping people safe or at least reduce the chance of infection between guests and our team members and making sure that we keep the ski area running through the season. You know, first, I think we need to talk about the natural advantages of ski mm-hmm. areas. And that number one is space. There's a lot of room on a mountain. We have over 2,100 acres at Mount Hood Meadows and it's outdoors. And that means a lot of ventilation. And that's the number one uh, preventative measure that you can take from transmitting this disease is ventilation and open space. Also, when you think about people who are up on the mountain, they already have uh, something that almost resembles like a hazmat uniform on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the standard gears, face coverings, and usually a helmet and goggles, and they got gloves on and every bit of their, their body is covered. And so there, there's already a natural barrier protection going on from that. We are going to be emphasizing having um, face masks or face coverings at all areas of our operation from the time you park in the parking lot through walking through a lodge, uh, getting into lift lines, sitting on the chairs, even outdoor locations where you can't maintain at least six feet distance from those in the party. About the only time that you shouldn't be wearing your mask is when you're indoors and having something to eat and um, when you're out in the middle of a run and socially distanced from, from each other. But just make sure that you mask up before you get back into the lift line again. You know, normal slope safety, normal slope etiquette uh, says that you should give people room when they're skiing and snowboarding anyway. And even when you're standing in a lift line, the natural space between you and the person ahead of you is about six feet measured from uh, tip to tip of a ski. So... You know, there's a lot of natural things going our way uh, for having a really fun and successful season this year. And we've seen some of these kinds of precautions trotted out already at some of the um, other ski areas, obviously around the country and the world, but um, Timberline as well. Um, I mean, as you're talking to other ski areas, like you said, um, have you seen any kind of outbreaks, any kind of concerns about the way that people have already been um, implementing these kinds of precautions? Fortunately, from the ski area standpoint, um, there hasn't been, say, a sizable outbreak or hotspot uh, associated with a ski area or outdoor operation even, say, as you have seen in other areas like food processing plants or nursing homes. And, and again, the ventilation is a big part of it. We're outdoors and a, a lot of uh, emphasis going on the procedures. Uh, we're actually more concerned about, say, our team members being exposed and catching the virus when they're away from work than when they're at work. So, Dave, one of the big things that we've all obviously been advised to do is to avoid crowds and going to any sort of outdoor gathering place, such as a ski resort. You're bound to be in groups of people at some point. Uh, 
But from what I've read on your website and in some of your materials you've put out is that you have Meadows has introduced plans to essentially uh, bring people to the resort at different times of day, hoping to cut down on some of that group activity. Yeah. You know, we we have the benefit of RFID technology, which is a scanning system. So we've recorded every single lift scan, basically people riding the lift for the last several years. And we've been able to break it down and even identify what our most busiest hour was at Mounted Meadows over the last hmm. three years. And you know, we've, we've basically called that people at one time. So how many people are here? And that, that big magic number was 5,200 on the peakest day in the last three seasons. So we are planning on managing to 60% of that level. So at any given time, we're going to try to manage to having no more than 3,000 people, at least to begin with, at the ski area or, or on lifts at any given time. And we're going to do that by anticipating the turnout of the season pass holders. Season pass holders don't have to make reservations. At least that's our plan going into the season. But then based on what our expectation and forecasting is for any given day, we're going to make available daily lift tickets, which need to be purchased online in advance. And those tickets now, we've been able to make dynamically priced. So the price is going to change. And the and the, the, the more popular the time or the greater demand there is, it's going to cost more than a time frame where there isn't as much demand. And by using that system and having start times at 9 o'clock and at um, noon and at 2 and at 5, we're going to spread out the arrival times of those day visitors and we can spread it out throughout the day. Or someone looking at a 9 o'clock on a Saturday, it might be a $119 ticket. But if they can wait to come up till Monday or Tuesday, that same lift ticket may just be $59. I mean, they can save $70 if they can adjust their schedule. So we're going to spread people out throughout the day. We're also going to spread people out throughout the week. And that's the way we're going to manage our visitation for Mount Hood Meadows this season. And for, you know, many of us, let's be honest, we're all weekend warriors, right? A lot of us are. Uh, I tend to go up to the mountain at the same time a lot of other people do, right? And that is both, uh, you know, a blessing and a curse for Mount Hood Meadows. Obviously, you want people to come up and enjoy the mountain and enjoy your ski area. But you also have a lot of people all trying to go there at the same time. What's the messaging to the folks who all show up in mass at 8:45 a.m. on Saturday and they're champing at the bit ready to go ski. Well, first of all, all those people should already have either a season pass which doesn't require a reservation mm-hmm. or a date specific and time specific lift ticket. So, if you have a lift ticket that starts at 9 a.m., yeah, you should be up there by 8:45, even earlier. But if it's at noon, then you should wait to get up till 11. Or if it's 2 o'clock, you should wait to get up until, you know, 1 or so. So that should uh, spread out a lot of those people that were arriving at that time. The other thing we've done is if you want to get a lesson or if you want to rent equipment, you are going to have to make a reservation in advance. 
Uh, that way we can plan for it, we can tech the equipment, we can reduce the amount of time that it takes for someone to actually come in and get their equipment. For, for our instructors, we know how many lessons we have and how many instruction instructors we need. So nobody should be coming up to Meadows to rent equipment or take a lesson unless they already have gone online, made their reservation, and paid for it. Uh, the other aspects of what we have, yes, we know that our main lot is going to get filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have made some revisions this year. We moved the RV parking up in the main lot down to the Sunrise lot, and we are having our motor coaches or our chartered buses, if we have chartered buses, drop off in front of the main lodge and then park down in Sunrise. So we are increasing the total amount of parking that we have in the main lot, and that also allows us to increase the size of a drop-off zone in front of the main lodges. So if someone is coming up at 845 and they've got some people with them who need to rent equipment or if they need to get a lesson or they've got kids in the Children's Learning Center. Uh, we want the driver to bring the car up, drop the passengers off in the drop-off zone, and then if the main lot is completely full, go park in one of the other lots and then uh, we will shuttle that driver back up to the main lodge if that's where they need to go, and thereby reducing the number of passengers that we have to shuttle from maybe four or five per party down to just that one. Dave, I wonder if you could talk about some of these other areas of um, the ski experience some people may be concerned about during the pandemic. So, I mean, talking about um, food and drink, uh, rentals, indoor areas where people might gather what are the protocols and what are the changes you have in place for those kinds of uh, experiences? This is the year that we are doing everything we can to move everything indoors, outdoors. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's going to be uh, re- reflected, especially in our Meadows Learning Center with our adult lessons and our youth lessons. You know, if you take a look at the way that we used to uh accommodate our young skiers. We have a beautiful uh, building that we just built this year, Sahale, adds 23,000 square feet of, of indoor space. And what a perfect time for that building to come <laughs> online. <laughs> the first floor is designed for our Meadows Learning Center, Children's Learning Center, Adult Lesson Check-In for Ski School, and our equipment rentals. Well, in the past, if you had a, lo- uh, a youth lesson mm-hmm. for a full day, We'd invite parents to come in at 8 o'clock. We'd take care of the kids for an hour or two. We'd get them all suited up, head out for a two-hour lesson, come back in for lunch, go back out for a two-hour lesson, come back in, hang out till the parents came in. We're not going to do that this year. This year, our youth lessons are all going to be meeting out on the slope. So no more indoor meeting time. We are allowing parents to bring their kids uh, in, like if they get a, a full day lesson, to have lunch with the child inside in our indoor space because we have so much space available. But once you have lunch, then head right back outdoors again, get the kids into the second part of the lesson. All of our adult lessons meet outdoors. Uh, all of our uh, adult lessons and youth lessons are purchased in advance, so we don't have to come indoors to do that type of transaction. And we've also improved our rental process for equipment 
and that you just have to come in. Of course, you've already made your your purchase online and your reservation. You just need to come in and go through a boot fitting room. Once you have your boots, we've already pre-teched your equipment. It's already sitting on the snow outside. So from the Meadows Learning Center, ski and a, ski school lessons for adults and kids, as well as for equipment rentals, we've really reduced the amount of indoor time that you're going to spend there. So that really brings us up to what about food services and culinary services? And uh, we're really putting a strong emphasis on grab-and-go, that you can come in, get something. Fresh Tracks is all grab-and-go now. Uh, we still have the um, Shush Grill that everybody likes to hang at, and we'll have several new restaurant operations opening up in Sahali. So our emphasis is the grab-and-go, get what you need, take it out onto the deck and eat. Or if you need to eat inside, eat inside, but kind of hurry up about it. You know, we will have sit-down seating, too, in the Alpenstube, up in Vertical, in the new um, Sahali um, Bullwheel Bar. So there are places that you can come in, and, and, and we will we will serve you, bring your food to you. But we're also wanting people to hurry up the time frames that they normally eat to turn over and get yourself back outside again. So another thing that we're encouraging people to do is to use their vehicle as their lodge. Uh, meaning uh, boot up at your vehicle. Don't bring in a backpack. Don't bring in a, a boot bag. Don't plan on using the lockers. Yes, we have lockers for those that absolutely need them, but do everything in, in, in your vehicle. Then you can bypass the lodge. You can go direct to lift. Uh, if you're having lunch, if you're picking something up as a grab-and-go, feel comfortable to eat out on the deck or bring it back to your vehicle. Even bring a picnic lunch and then head back to your vehicle and um, and, and have, have your, your lunch break there. We, we really encourage that. We expect that there will be uh, tailgating, and it's outdoors and it's fun. Just limit your tailgate to the people in your own bubble and your party. You know, um, uh, you really have to battle that 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 feeling of camaraderie, and I, I I want to share in this fun experience and you know high five and go give somebody a hug. That you know, as outdoor you know, recreationalists and people that are really you know motivated and inspired uh, you know by being outdoors and recreating together, you know, we just have to to temper some of those or resist some of those temptations and and stay together in your group. You know, we're encouraging people to do that, too, as they approach the lifts. Um, if you rode up with some people or if they're, they, you live with people, try to ride together. Try to ride a chairlift together. Hang out in the chairlift together. Uh, we are not requiring people to um, be of the same party when riding the lift. It's okay for this person and that person to ride up together as long as they have their faces covered, face mask or uh, gaiters covering their face. Um, and it is outdoors, and a chairlift ride at Meadows may be anywhere from five minutes to eight minutes normally. And in an outdoor situation, that's uh, we're not as concerned about people catching a virus that way. And in fact, if people aren't yelling or screaming or being very vocal on a chairlift ride, there's actually uh, proof or evidence that shows that there's very little transmission in those types of situations. I feel like one of the consistent themes throughout everything we're trying to do in the COVID era is tempering expectations, right? So things are going to be different up on the mountain or up on any mountain, regardless of where you go this year. Things are going to be different. And I guess what I'm trying to remember as I do anything outside is 
uh, you know, we always say have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, but also familiarize yourself with, uh, with the rules, with the regulations, with what the area managers want you to do and to kind of all work together, I guess, to try to make those things a reality. So I guess from a practical skier standpoint, Dave, do you think, uh, is this going to lead to bigger lift lines, lesser lift lines, more uh, of kind of a competitive nature to go get the goods, so to speak, or less of that? How do you think the feel will be at the end of the day here? We think that, uh, again, patience is key, but that uh, lift cues themselves will probably be more spread out because mm-hmm. that's what the guidance is for everything spread out. In an indoor space, you might only be able to have 25 to 30 or at most 50% of your normal capacities. And we're talking outdoor space, but what we don't want to see is everybody crowding in together, you know, tightly into a lift line. Well, you know, that doesn't help. It doesn't make the lift line go any faster when people crowd in. So there may be this sense of, oh, I got to, I got to get mine. But, you know, what's going to determine on how quickly the lift goes is uh, the number of people per chair as well as the ability to load and unload correctly, because most of our lift stoppages have to do with people that are having problems as they load or unload the chair. So if we can keep the chair lifts just flowing naturally and normally, we'll be able to handle the lift capacities or the queue lines. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about you know everybody arriving in the morning and mm-hmm. uh, how that compresses on our chairs, or maybe the natural after-lunch break. Maybe this is the year that we won't see the natural after-the-lunch break because you know of, of uh, everybody's going to their car to eat. Now they're not on the same schedule as when they were coming into the lodge to eat. But I think just being aware, aware of your uh, space and those that, that are around you, um, I do have concerns on that. Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning in January when there's been a storm raging since Sunday and there's 18 inches of fresh powder and it's, you know, everybody wants to get freshies. Um, that could be a challenge for us. And uh, it's those types of days that we're going to have to have everybody more patient than any other day. For sure, Dave. Well, we want to hear a little bit more about plans for the upcoming ski season. But first, we're going to take a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking with Dave Tragathon from Mount Hood Meadows. And Dave, as we've covered here, there is a lot going on this season. But one thing we've only kind of touched on tangentially here, which would otherwise be the probably the biggest news of the year, is you folks have a new lodge space opening up this season. Yes, it's uh, Sahali, um, and it 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 will work as both a skier services center, uh, a, a, a restaurant, and, and also a great convention and conference and wedding center uh, in the summer. So let's get through winter first. And there's been no better time to have a building like this, adding 23,000 square feet of space, because it's more than just the space of Sahali. Uh, by opening that up for dining on the second floor, 
Uh, we have a Wildflowers Cafe for coffee and tea and, and snack items. Uh, we have the Sahali Grill, which is going to be a, a scramble area presenting up to four different types of um, of cuisine uh, that is in and out. People can get get in there, order, pick it up, and, and pay as they go out. And then the Bowill Bar, which is a great place to gather to talk about the history and uh, 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 the technology of chairlifts. <laughs> Maybe we're not going to be gathering there as much as we will in the future. But there's also a huge meeting area, which comprises most of the second floor of the building. So people can spread out. And while we're, we don't want people to linger indoors, we have created the opportunity for space and social distancing for those that do want to eat, sit down and be able to have a nice meal before they head out, as opposed to eating outside or going down to their vehicle. So we, you know, we're, we're excited about what Sahali has provided for us uh, from the standpoint of being able to accommodate more guests uh, who want to come inside, and especially what that means in the future once we get beyond COVID. Dave, one of the other things we were curious about is the uh, wildfire that broke out there in Heather Canyon near Jack's Woods um, over Labor Day, I believe. Uh, as that fire, obviously it was put out very quickly. It wasn't like the other big fires um, around the state, but has that fire affected the ski terrain at all up in that area? The uh, footprint of the fire fortunately was kept to about uh, three quarters of an acre. So I don't think it's really going to uh, affect the dynamics of the trails or, or whatever. It it was in the Jack's Woods area. And uh, we are so fortunate because that occurred on Monday, Labor Day. That was the day that the um, that the other fires, the Beachy and the Riverside fires, mm-hmm. blew up because of those strong easterly winds that came in that afternoon and that evening. Uh, this fire was discovered at about six o'clock in the morning, and there's a, a huge response to it. Um, the Forest Service had their fire crews there. They were they were. Uh, doing reconnaissance within the first hour or so of being reported. And they had up to three different helicopters that were dropping water on the fire uh, that morning. I think they got about 30 water drops in. And then their crews came in on the ground to battle it on the ground. Uh, They uh, uh, hooked up through a pumper truck um, uh, water from a stream so that they could continue, continue to have a water source even after the helicopters could no longer fly due to the strong winds. And uh, while they had some sort of containment, it wasn't out. It was still smoldering. And crews continued to uh, monitor and observe for a couple of weeks. In fact, they set up a sprinkler system so that they could continuously saturate the area and prevent a hotspot from flaring up again. So that was so close to being disastrous, maybe not just for Mount Hood Meadows, mm-hmm. but, you know, to, if you, as you head farther west, you got government camp, you've got timberline, you've got all kinds of of potential um, uh, destruction because this fire was on the very eastern side of our permit area. And by that evening, we had 90 mile an hour winds coming from the east. And it could have been a situation would have just swept right across our permit area and headed down towards government cap. So, you know, we're very, very fortunate and and we have, we're, we're in awe of the forest service and, and the response that they had to, 
to um, to respond to that fire. Well, to end things kind of on an upshot, Dave, we've talked about a lot of regulations, about a lot of changes. Um, any parting advice for travelers up to the mountain this year, folks who want to have you know, the best experience that they can have up skiing and snowboarding or whatnot this year. Um, what's your advice to them to make the most of the season and be safe at the same time? You know, when I think back about my best days on the mountain, it isn't necessarily about the drive up. Sometimes it's the drive back and the conversations we had. It's not necessarily sitting in, uh, you know, in a lodge or, you know, getting my skis or, you know, even getting a lesson. It is riding on a chairlift with my friends and taking a couple of runs together and having fun, you know, with people that I care for or meeting new people. That experience is not going to change. And, uh, you know, I think that, that, that that's why people come up. That's why people enjoy it. That's what we're going to provide. And I think this is a year that we just have to be a little more familiar and and uh, with the precautions, we want everybody to wear a mask from the time they arrive in the parking lot to the time that they leave. And um, if you take it off while you're enjoying some uh, run on the mountain, perfectly okay as long as you're uh, you know socially distanced from others. Uh, we want people to spread out, be a little bit more patient, and we especially need people to be kind, especially with our team members. You know, when you arrive in the parking lot with our team members, listen to what they're saying and the advice that they're giving. As you come into the lodges or are up on the slopes or talking to our our lift attendants, listen to what they're saying. And, you know, let's just, it's going to be hard. We're, we're going to be smiling at you all the time. You're not going to see it. It's going to be behind a face mask or a gator. We're hoping that you're smiling as well. Uh, more than any other year, uh, we have to work together. This is a shared responsibility, and nobody wants to be the reason to end the season. Well said. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time and stopping by and talking with us about ski season. I know that uh, Jim especially is uh, <laughs> champing at the bit, as he said, to get up there on the slopes. Thanks for this opportunity to talk about it. All right, Dave, take care. See you on the slopes. So, Jim, I don't know how do you how do you feel after all of that? Are you are you excited? Are you like cautious? Uh, how is your feeling about getting back to skiing this season after hearing that? Well, I'm I'm all of the above. I mean, let's be honest. I am a voracious consumer of all kinds of skiing news. What this conversation did for me, I guess, is reinforces the notion of look. Things are not going to be the same. Let's act as best of a team as we can. The more we work together, I mean, this sounds so rah-rah and so cliche, but the more folks work together, in theory, the better this season will be, right? I'm wary of going into any kind of crowd ever, regardless of if I'm wearing a mask or not. That doesn't change going up on the mountain. I almost didn't buy a ski pass this year and stuck exclusively to ski touring, which I also very much enjoy. Um, but I decided to buy one, uh, and basically limit my exposure to the lodges as much as I can keep my mask on as much as I can and try to, you know, be a, a good steward of the experience for others. So if I don't set foot inside one of Meadows lodges this year, I'm happy about that. Not because I don't like it in there, 
but because I don't really want to be there if I don't have to be. All about finding that personal comfort level like we've talked before. And you know, that um, that new lodge, I, w- I can't wait to check out that new lodge uh, maybe next year when they uh, have are able to open it at the capacity that they wanted to um, or whenever that, that happens. You know, Jim, he's talking about those adult lessons they have and uh, maybe I'll get out there and uh, get in the slopes myself one of these years. I would love that, Jamie. And it would be uh, <laughs> it would be very fun to get your report back uh, on how that goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm still excited for ski season. I hope that it's going to be a good one. Uh, you never really do know, but I'm hopeful that we can make it a good time and most importantly, a safe time. All of that said, Jamie, time to wrap up for now. You can, of course, watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. And please, if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating or review. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details on OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.